0: Good morning and welcome to On Fire Radio, brought to you by Catskill Mountain Christian Center, a full gospel, family church, and Christian academy located at 629 Main Street in beautiful Margaretville, New York. What a great day to go to church. If you don't have a church, come on over to Catskill Mountain Christian Center. We would love for you to be our guest this morning. That's Catskill Mountain Christian Center this morning at 10 o'clock. If you'd like more information about On Fire Radio or Catskill Mountain Christian Center, give us a call at 845-586-4848. I'm Bernard Bartow, and I'd like to invite you to join us for the next 30 minutes as we bring you on fire radio. Now, let's go to Pastor Bob Engelhart with today's message. Acts 1, this is uh, Luke. Who was not one of the primary disciples but became a disciple afterwards. He was a physician. He was a doctor by trade. But he wrote the book of Luke, the gospel of Luke um, because he got all of his information firsthand through the other apostles that he went with and walked with. And he also wrote the book of the Acts of the Apostles. And it says Uh, He presented himself, Jesus presented himself alive after his sufferings, after he suffered by many infallible proofs over this 40-day period after Jesus was raised from the dead, by many infallible proofs. At one point, showing himself before 500 people were witness to the many infallible proofs of Jesus' being resurrected from the dead. Let me tell you something about Romans. Romans know how to kill people. Romans were very good at killing people. There wouldn't have been an accident where Jesus just fainted because he was in so much pain. So they, you know they, uh, you know, they put him in a grave. No, he was dead. He was like dead. And, he, and, and then he was brought back to life. And verse 4 of Acts 1, being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father. He said, listen, you're not done yet. I know you believe that I'm your Lord and Savior. You've seen me resurrected, but you're not done yet. You lack one thing. You lack something. And it's the promise of the Father that's throughout the Old Testament in so many different prophetic ways. The Father promises, as Joel in particular has a a whole discourse, um, which he said, you have heard from me, for John baptized you with water, but you shall be baptized, immersed. The word baptized is not an ecclesiastical word. It's not a church word. In the original vernacular, it just means to be submerged. He's saying, you shall be submerged in the Holy Ghost. You will be immersed in the Holy Ghost not many days from now. So it wasn't some ecclesiastical, howdy doody, high church word. He was talking in the common vernacular. So now I'm gonna just skip ahead to Acts 2. When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. You wanna hear the, like the worst joke that every preacher has to say on Pentecost Sunday? That they were all in one Honda accord in one place. <laughs> thank you, thank you, thank you. <laughs> I didn't think of that joke. I don't think I laughed that hard the first time I heard it, but I can't help but share. They were all... They were all with one accord in one place. Uh, That means that their hearts were hungry for Jesus. Hungry for Jesus. They were being obedient to the master. They were waiting for the promise of the father when they were going to receive dynamite power. Suddenly, there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, And it filled the whole house where they were sitting. There appeared to them divided tongues as of fire, and one sat on each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. They were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And there were dwelling in Jerusalem Jews, devout men from every nation under heaven, when this sound occurred, the multitude came together and were confused. So this, they're in this upper room, and they hear this, sounds like, well, well Peter says, we're gonna, I think we're going to read it. Peter says, these people are not drunk like you suppose. It sounded like a rowdy party was going on in that upper room. Because this whole crowd of people are speaking in these other tongues. There's this mighty rushing wind. I mean, this is a day of all days. This is the birth of the church. We get that. That's for you and me. Jesus didn't go anywhere. Just because churches are too tired and burned out so they... You know, they do other stuff to pretend that God is in their midst. No, God is in your midst when you're filled with the Holy Ghost. And listen, when you cry, you cry deeper. When you hurt, you hurt more real. When you, when you need something from God, you ask him more sincerely. But when you're happy, you're happier. These are not drunk as you suppose. These are not drunk. They were happy. When this sound occurred, the multitude came together and they were confused because everyone heard them speak in his own language. He heard, they heard them speak in their own language. And they were from all over the world, which are, are um, it actually says it in the scripture. Um, I have it here, but I'm not going to pronounce all those names because I'll, I'll massacre a few of those old uh, names um, and they said look are not all these who speak galileans galilee was a backwater town galilee was not jerusalem and these are all galileans but we hear them speaking in our own native language how is it that we hear each in our own language in which we were born. And then there's Parthians and Medes and Elamites and Mesopotamia and Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia. I don't know, that name right there. Egypt and other parts of Libya, adjoining Cyrene, visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes, Cretans and Arabs, We hear them speaking in our own tongues the wonderful works of God. So they were all amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, What can this mean? And others mocked and said, These guys are filled with new wine. They're partying. But Peter, standing up with the eleven, raised his voice. Don't you remember that Peter just denied Jesus three times? just uh, about 50 days ago, right? Denied Jesus. I'm going to tell you something. What that taught Peter, he will never, ever be ashamed of Jesus again. He will never. He'll be, he was the mouth all through Jesus. When Jesus was raising raising him up, he was always the one who was, you know, I don't know, always running his mouth. (laughs) Thank goodness for us he was always running his mouth because we learned a lot from Peter. I'm, I'm appreciative of Peter. Twelve guys are in the boat, and Jesus comes. They think he's a ghost at first walking on the water. And they say, is that Jesus? And Peter says, Jesus, if that's you, bid me to come to you. One guy out of twelve jumps over the rail of the boat and walks on the water. I mean, Peter's got some moxie. Except when he sees the wind and the waves and starts to sink, it says, help, Lord, save me. I love Peter. He gets yelled at by Jesus. He said, Jesus, where's your faith? Right? Every time we run into something, oh, God. Or maybe God is the last thing we think of. Maybe my brother will give me a loan. Maybe the the government will, maybe the doctor can fix me. Maybe Jesus can fix you. Men of Judea and all who dwell in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and heed my words for these are not drunk as you suppose. Since it's only the third hour of the day, it's like nine o'clock in the morning. They're not drunk, folks. But this is what was spoken of by, the prophet of by the prophet Joel. And it shall come to pass in the last days, says God, that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. You know why I think young people see visions? Because when you're young, you're, you're young enough to believe that you can see your vision fulfilled. When you're old, you dream dreams because you pray that the generations that are coming after you will live to see your visions fulfilled. So young people have visions, old people dream dreams. We see a day coming when Jesus Christ returns, when the Lord returns and, and, and people know the Lord Jesus Christ. We dream that that will happen one day. Some of us have lived a long time, and when we were young, we, we saw visions of what this church filled 10 times on a Sunday morning would look like when everybody got saved. Because who doesn't like cupcakes? <laughs> who doesn't love Jesus? How can anybody not love Jesus? It's the only credible promise of eternal life on this planet. Jesus Christ is the only credible message of eternal life on this entire planet. Your scientists can't give you eternal life. There's no other religion that promises you eternal life. There's only one name given under heaven and on earth by which men must be saved. Who doesn't love cupcakes? Lord. I'm going to skip from 17 down to 21. This is still Peter. And he says, And it shall come to pass that whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Whoever? Who's a, who's a who? Who's a whoever? Everybody's a whoever. Everyone is a whoever. And he said, my brother, he'll, he's too smart. He went to too many colleges. He'll never get saved. He's a whoever. Smart people get saved all the time. As a matter of fact, the smartest people get saved all the time. You find the, the highest, once scientists get above the need to impress one another with their great knowledge, suddenly they become open to God because they realize they'll never have all the answers. Whoever will call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. We're speaking this gospel. Just speaking the gospel. Do You like it? They like it, they don't like it. A lot of people don't like it, but a lot of times, see, you don't, you say, oh, that, that guy really gets offended when I, talk about the, when I talk about the gospel, when I preach Jesus. You don't know you're planting a seed of eternal life in his heart. And, and he's gonna be angry and upset at first. He may cuss you out and, you know, he, they may nail you to a cross, right? I mean, Jesus created the perfect storm, folks. We have a message that can save our whole world, that can save every human being on this whole planet. You've got the message. Not the guy with the PhD. Not the guy, not Elon Musk. Musk, is that his name, Elon Musk? I don't know if he's saved or not, but it would be nice if he was saved, but, you know. Verse 22, men of Israel, hear these words. Jesus of Nazareth, a man attested by God to you by miracles and wonders and signs which God did through him in your midst. As you yourselves know, you you guys all know this. Jesus did these miracles in your midst. You know it. Remember, the Pharisees were saying that Jesus was doing these miracles by the power of Beelzebub, but they didn't doubt that he was doing the miracles. Right? You yourselves know. And and him, Jesus, verse 23, being delivered um, by the determined purpose and foreknowledge of God, you have taken by lawless hands and have crucified and put to death. God knew this beforehand, but you have taken him by lawless hands and you've crucified him and put him to death. This man who did nothing but did miracles, who who brought life and, and blessing to people wherever he went, you crucified him. Um, and put him to death, who God raised up, having loosed the pains of death because it was not possible that he should be held by it. Why wasn't Jesus? couldn't Jesus be held by death? You get shot, you know? You know, you get mortally wounded, you get shot and something like that, you're dead, you're dead. We're going to put you in a box and we're going to bury you down deep, and we're not going to expect you to come out in three days. You know? Death was not able to hold Jesus because it had no... See, we think that death is a physical condition. Death is a spiritual condition. And with sin on one's soul, death has a right to keep you in the pains of death but if there's no sin on your soul, death has no power to keep you in its grips. Had to release Jesus, had to release Jesus. And Jesus came and said, I'm back, (laughs) right? I'm back, why? Because death couldn't hold me, right? And as we believe in him, we know that there's a day where the scripture says, the dead in Christ shall rise first. So, ain't nothing you ain't never staying dead. You stick with Jesus, you ain't never staying dead. There'll be a day that you're going to pop up out of your grave and you're going to say, I'm back. Why? Because you have Jesus. Jesus has cleansed you of your sins by dying on the cross and shedding his blood. By being bled out, he cleansed your sins. The dead in Christ will rise first, and then those of us who are alive and remain to the end will be caught up together with him and meet him in the clouds. Won't that be a fun day? Yes. Don't you? I can't wait for that day. For David said concerning him, I foresaw the Lord always before my face, for he's at my right hand, that I may not be shaken. Therefore my heart rejoiced and my tongue was glad. Moreover, my flesh will also rest in hope. When I die, I'm going to rest in hope. For you will not leave my soul in Hades, nor will you allow your Holy One to see corruption. You have made uh, known to me, excuse me, you have made known to me the ways of life and you will make me full of joy in your presence. The, the other version says, in your presence is fullness of joy. In your presence is fullness of joy. In your presence is fullness of joy. From now I'm going to skip to verse 36. Therefore, let all the house of Israel know that assuredly God has made this Jesus who you, who you crucified. You feel like that? You ever feel like that? You crucified him. Listen, I crucified Jesus. I'm no different than those people in that first century. I crucified Jesus. Who you crucified. Peter said, who you crucified. The same Jesus you crucified. Um, God has made him both Lord and Christ. Now when they heard this, the guys on the street heard this, all these people from all over the world, they heard this, they were cut to the heart. And they said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? We're scared. After what you just said, you're right. We put him to death. He didn't do anything wrong. We're scared. Then Peter said, repent. Let every one of you be baptized. Again, not ecclesiastical word, immersed, submerged, in the name of Jesus, as water baptism, we do it as a prophetic, as a prophetic type and shadow of being baptized in the Holy Ghost. We do it as a prophetic ba- uh, um, type of being buried in the grave with Christ so that we can be raised up. That's why we do immersion baptisms the immersion baptism is you're dead with Christ in the grave and now you're raised up to newness of life Um, Peter said repent let every one of you be, be, be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins you're baptized in the name of Jesus Christ now listen there's difference between what they call atonement which is not a bad word and I'm not I I agree with atonement, but atonement is more a covering of sins. And it's more like an, an Old Testament concept is an atonement that's a covering of sins. We're baptized for the remission of sins. That's, you never did sin. The sins in you previously, they're gone. You you, go come before the Father and you say to the Father, I'm sorry I was a sinner when I was on the earth, and he says to you, what are you talking about? You weren't a sinner on the earth. You were baptized into Christ. Your sins have been eradicated, erased. They're gone. They never existed in the first place. You're pure. You're clean. You're spotless. Come on in, son. I've been wanting to talk to you. You follow? You're baptized for the remission of sins. And then you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. What? After you've been baptized for the remission of sins. You're baptized in Christ Jesus. His blood for the remission of sins. And then you receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For this promise is to you and to your children and to all who are afar off, as many as the Lord God will call. Is that us? I think that's us. We're the many who are afar off. So we still have the promise of the Holy Spirit. We still have the promise of not only salvation and the remission of our sins, but the baptism in the Holy Spirit. And the dunamis power of God. Lord, we ought to expect more miracles. Lord, we ought to to talk about the miracles that we receive more frequently. And tell folks how Jesus has changed our lives. How he saved us. How he's healed us. How he's made us whole. How he's answered our prayers. With many other words he testified and exhorted them, saying, Be saved from this perverse generation. Then those who gladly received his word were baptized. And that day three thousand so about three thousand souls were added. Three thousand people from one wonderful uh, sermon, I guess what you'd call it. Um, they just followed him down and said, "No, we don't want we don't want to be guilty of 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 the crucifixion of Jesus. We want our sins. We want the remission of our sins. 3000 people followed him down, people from all over the world and were baptized the first day. How's that for a church growth method? And they continued, they continued, These 3,000 continued steadfastly in the Apostles' Doctrine and Fellowship. The Apostles' Doctrine and Fellowship. Where do we find the Apostles' Doctrine? It's in the Bible. It's in the New Testament. It's the words of Jesus. It's the words of Paul. It's the words of Peter. It's the epistles. It's the the Old Testament that's a schoolmaster for what we receive when we receive the Holy Spirit. He said, Then fear came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done through the apostles. And now all who believed were together and had all things in common, and they sold their possessions and goods and divided them among all as anyone had a need. Now, listen, I Listen, you know, you give as the Lord tells you to give, but when you see a need... Our job as Christians is to do whatever we can to meet a need. Whatever we can. Right? So continuing daily with one accord in the temple. See, in the temple, read this, verse 46 of Acts 2. Continuing daily with one accord in the temple. Listen, this thing we call church, this gathering of ourselves together, some Christians don't believe in it, You know, I believe in Jesus, but I don't believe in church. No. They gather together in the temple in one accord. We're a people. We're living stones fitly framed together. We're not some singular person, some stone out there on my own in the middle of a field. I'm fit together with other stones, and we become a wall, a wall of protection, a wall of, you know, that protects the weak among us and... and, you know, protects a place of safety or creates a place of safety for us. And, they, and breaking bread from house to house. They ate food with gladness. They went from house to house. They ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart. Nobody had to know more than the other guy, no more scriptures or more doctrines or more crazy things. Simplicity. Jesus is wonderful. Um, And then having favor with all people. When it says all people, that's really important because unsaved people are not supposed to think you're just a weirdo. You should have a wonderful reputation with your employer. You should have a wonderful reputation with your next-door neighbor. You should have a wonderful reputation with the people in your community. Because they were, they ate their food with gladness, simplicity of heart, praising God and having favor with all people. And the Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved. Let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you for Pentecost Sunday. And we remember that day, Father, that you, you filled the house, Lord God, with a, the sound of a mighty rushing wind and tongues of fire and, and um, people just shouting and celebrating with gladness and 3,000 people getting saved and, out of 120 disciples that were gathered together, and we just ask, Lord God, that you give us a taste of something like that. Lord God, that you would fill this place, Father, over and over and over again. Lord God, that our friends and our neighbors would, have, would bring a good report about who we are and how we conduct our lives. We ask, Lord God, all of these things in Jesus' name. We love you and praise you. Amen. Thank you for joining us today. We pray that God has used this message to minister to you. If you would like to help financially support the work of Catskip Mountain Christian Center, you can go to our website and give at www.cmcconline.org. There you'll find options how to give online safely and securely. And on behalf of Pastor Bob Englehart and everyone here at Catskill Mountain Christian Center, this is Jake Johnson signing off. God bless. And thank you for joining us this morning.